is Express FM. Supported by City of Portsmouth College. We are passionately Pompey. That's the final action of this match. Portsmouth are going to Wembley. Can it be forced in? It can! Portsmouth have scored! And what a huge goal that could be! Pure, unadulterated Pompey. With the talent and the players that we've got and the ambition, I think there's no reason why we can't put our minds to promotion. Action and reaction. We've been in League One for too long and there's no guarantee, but you know there's a real sense of urgency and ambition to gain promotion. Giving Pompey fans a voice. No more looking back now for football. We're going to try to create something that's really exciting. This is the Football Hour. The one team that stands out, that's historic, that's had great success, that has a fan base that is amazingly passionate. A calamity in the capital for Pompey, who are put to the sword by Charlton Athletic. The lovely delivery, great chance, so easy. 3-0 Charlton, O'Connell and Pompey have changed the defence around. It's not made any difference. And Port are the heading for a miserable defeat in London. A 3-0 defeat for the Blues at the Valley, but believe it or not, that wasn't the most embarrassing collapse of a team in London last night. Trust me. A despondent Danny Carley will be on the show between now and 7 o'clock to give his thoughts on yesterday's game. Everything that could go wrong did go wrong. I think, yeah, to, to lose 3-0, to, to lose a player with a red card and, and three injuries as well means that, yeah, it's been a tough night. That's now four league games without a victory for the Blues. Is it high time for a change in the setup for Pompey? and a potential formation switch. Which midfield pairing would you like to see line up against Forest Green Rovers on Saturday? And how deep do your concerns run? Are the automatic promotion places wishful thinking or still a realistic target? All the usual ways, it's express, followed by your message to, uh, and your name, of course, to text into 81400. You can email sport at expressfm.com, include at expressfm on Twitter, or find us over at facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live. This is 93.7. Express FM, the only radio station from the great waterfront city of Portsmouth. You're listening to me, Jake Smith, for the latest edition of the Football Hour. This is the Football Hour, 93.7 Express FM. A very good evening and the warmest of welcomes to the Football Hour, brought to you as ever by Stagecoach Across the South, providing affordable and reliable public transport across the city, Hampshire and right along the South Coast with a minimum of fuss. For more information, visit stagecoachbus.com. Over the course of the next hour, I've got two more Blues fans on the show to provide their reaction and analysis to the latest news coming out of PO4. And tonight we focus our attention not only to yesterday's defeat, but also the FA Cup first round draw and speculation regarding the 3pm Saturday broadcast blackout, which could soon be in danger of being scrapped. We'll talk about that rumour and what that could mean for English football before 7 o'clock tonight. But first, a recap of the events at the Valley, as informed Charlton met out of favour for Pompey for an 8 o'clock kickoff in front of the Sky Cameras. Everything we do is passionately Pompey. A wonderful goal! Every second of the action is right here. Shoot scores! 90 minutes of passionately Pompey commentary. He scored! This is... You want to believe it! Pompey Live. Four that they got there, mint green shirts, black shorts and mint green socks. They'll go from right to left as we look at things from our position high up at the front of the West Stand. Burrell turning into the end penalty area, header from Bishop. It's tipped over the bar by Wallacott and it's behind for Portsmouth's corner. Left-footed ball to come into the penalty area. Decent one, header down and in the net. And Charlton have taken the lead. Header at the 
trying to cross the pitch with the ball, but he cannons that straight into a Charles player. And Blackett Taylor is in for Charles, and it's a great chance for two, and he scores. Corey Blackett Taylor punishes Pompey on the turnover. He got in behind Connor Ogilvy, and he slid it oh so easily under the onrushing Josh Griffiths. 31 on the clock, mountain to climb for Pompey. Charlton two fourth with nil. On ball to Bishop, he's flung to the ground, but Jacobs gets the loose ball and Pompey are into the penalty area here. Jacobs, can he work something? Jacobs wide of the target. Charlton working it forward, keeping possession. Dale trying to fly into a challenge with Eggbow. Oh, Pat is going to be in trouble here because he's late with that challenge. And Kirk and Stockley are making very clear that Pat's already on a yellow card. There's more Charlton players around the referee. Does this mean Pack is going to get away with it? No, he's not. Marlon Pack, it's shown a straight red card. Now, that, that surprises me. A second yellow, you could understand. But is that a straight red card? A lovely delivery, great chance. So easy. 3-0 Charlton. O'Connell and Pompey have changed the defence around. It's not made any difference. And Owen O'Connell has scored his first Charlton goal in London, it's Charlton 3, Portsmouth nil. That brings to an end a pretty, pretty miserable night for Portsmouth here at the Valley. They've been beaten by three goals to nil. Every second of the action is right here. Pompey Live on Express FM with Aqua Cars. There you are then, the highlights of last night's game in the big smoke as Pompey's October form continued to go up into smoke. Let's take a look at some of the other results from League One across the weekend. But of course, Pompey Charlton last night, the only game not to take place on Saturday, where we had Accrington Stanley nil, Derby County three, Bolton nil, Barnsley nil, Burton Albion one, Morecambe one, Cambridge United nil, Sheffield Wednesday two, Cheltenham one, Bristol Rovers four. I think Bristol Rovers have been playing 4-4-2. I'm going to keep, stop talking about Bristol Rovers because they, they will be above us soon. Exeter 2, Oxford United 4, Fleetwood 0, Shrewsbury 1, Ipswich 0, Lincoln 1, MK Dons 1, Plymouth Argyle 4, Port Vale 2, Forest Green Rovers 2 and Wickham Wanderers 3, Peterborough United 1 and of course last night's result at the Valley, Charlton 3, Pompey 0. Let's take a look at what that does to the League 1 table. Plymouth currently top after 14 games with 34 points unbeaten in their last six league matches. Ipswich are second with 30 points. Sheffield Wednesday fourth with 29 and then seven points behind them. Uh, sorry, Sheffield Wednesday third with 29 points and then seven points behind Wednesday in fourth place is Peterborough with 22 points. Pompey fifth also with 22 points. So seven points behind Sheffield Wednesday in third and eight behind the top two. But with two games in hand. Barnsley is sixth and occupied the final playoff position as things stand with 21 points and just outside Bolton, Shrewsbury and Derby County. Yesterday's opponents, Charlton, move up to 10th place. In the bottom four, Morecambe rock bottom with eight points, just one win all season. Burton Albion, MK Dons and Forest Green Rovers make up the rest of the relegation zone. Then, OK, going back 
to last night and here to talk through all of that first and foremost delighted to welcome onto the show pompey audio description commentator and uh, now a published author since the last time we spoke i think mark mark coates good evening. Oh, yeah, i don't want to give that a, a, a punt do i oh, all right then yeah, yeah, yeah kids, then. kids book musical bones and yeah. uh, if you want to buy a local author for halloween for uh, any kids age five to ten then do it there we go i squeezed it in Absolutely. thanks mate yeah why not it's, it's not pompey but it's uh, it's good it, it's it's kids books well and we're going to be talking about a horror show tonight aren't we oh there we go <laughs> Mark's getting booted off the show for the first time in over a year. Uh, thank you very much to Mark. Freddie Webb also joins us uh, on the phone lines this evening. Freddie Webb, of course, a reporter from the Portsmouth newspaper. Freddie, an absolute delight to have you on the show, my friend. Thank you very much for calling in. Yeah, always a pleasure to help you out, Jake. Uh, I just wish that uh, last night's game was <laughs> was much better than it was, so we'd have mm. probably a more enjoyable discussion. Absolutely, and, and really, you know, starting off kicking things off, Freddie, as, as Mark alluded to there, an absolute horror show for Pompey up in uh, up in Charlton. 3 0 defeat, a man sent off, Marlon Pack, a couple of players injured. We'll come on to talk about the uh, the potential injuries and the woes would have added to Danny Carley's headache already uh, from last night, Freddie. But 2,374 Blues fans at the Valley on a Monday evening with the game live on TV as well. They quite simply deserved a hell of a lot better than that. Yeah, absolutely. I was one of those fans who was at the game. Um, I think it was by far Pompey's worst performance of the season by a country mile. Um, There was not really a lot of redeeming features defensively or going forward either. There were problems with the selection, in my opinion. I don't think Cowley should have picked the back four that he did with Ogilvy at right back and Robertson at left back. But there were a lot of other tactical issues which essentially meant that Pompey didn't create anything and then added that to the individual errors. It was uh, a miserable, miserable game of football and not worth getting home at one in the morning for. No, not at all. Stri- uh, train strikes and just uh, being at a really awkward time really did put a lot of Poppy fans back. But fair play to everyone who went. And I hope everyone had a safe journey there and back. Unfortunate, of course, the result for Pompey in the end. Mark, um, a promising first sort of 10, 15 minutes from the Blues at the Valley where you thought, OK, do you know what? This could be a very a decent game. You know, after three league games without a win, of course, against Plymouth Ipswich and uh, Fleetwood Town at Fratton Park, just two points from the previous three games, now turns into two points from four after what was a, a, an incredible start to the season. And it looked to be the, the kind of turnaround that many Pompey fans and Danny Carley would have hoped for and certainly that we have seen throughout uh, periods of games this season. But it just didn't end up that way did it a promising first 10 10 minutes and from that point onwards complete and utter capitulation yeah, and they're, and they're one of the better sides. I think their position slightly falls chart, and I think they're a, a solid side. And uh, certainly at home, their um, their form's good. And when we played Ipswich, we lost three two, and it was right the way through to the end. No, we came away with a lot of pride, but also uh, we showed that we're two teams right towards the top and, and on form. And, and there was there was no moaning from anyone, I don't think. But quite rightly, a lot of Pompey fans felt um, felt they'd been uh, been cheated. Actually, I think because that, that was that was a, mm. that's the thing I'm hoping we're going to go on to say it was a yeah. one off. It was a blip. Uh, the next few games are going to be massive. Hmm. Uh, and really, uh, again, reflecting on what, what Mark's just said there, um, Freddie, I think he's spot on in the fact that, yes, the defeat to Ipswich whilst, um, was disappointing and frustrating, the first loss of the season for, for Danny Cowley's men in the league, that 3-2 defeat at Portman Road uh, just over a fortnight ago. It was narrow. We weren't at our best, but it was to a very, very good team. Last night, the, the story was a little different. Charlton started the evening in 14th for a bit of an up-and-down side, although unbeaten in the league, at the Valley so far this season. They continued that trend, yes, 
but it was an opportunity for Pompey off the back of three games without a win against a side who've occupied a mid-table position for the last three or four years to get the three points. And it was not only a, it wasn't only a, a defeat, Freddie, but it was a quite a hefty one too, and, and, and a very sluggish display from from well, from minute ten to ninety, really. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't just the defeat or the scoreline; it was the manner of which um, that you know annoyed a lot of supporters, including myself. That, like I said earlier, there wasn't a lot of redeeming features, individual errors up and down the pitch, uh, poor tactical selection to start with. Even though I agreed with Cowley's substitutions to try and change the game. It was one of those where everything that could have gone wrong did go wrong. Something's out of control. Jacob's pulling his hamstring quarter of an hour after coming on. That was that sucked for him. And also the red card. I, th- I think Pack was just late on that challenge. As much as I didn't like the opposition players surrounding the referee and Fraser going down as if he was collapsed, uh, Pack was late on that challenge. Yeah. And he wouldn't have been on the booking if he didn't make a mistake, that mistake earlier in the game. So, yeah, not a lot of positives to look at. No, not at all. Uh, and going on to talk about the uh, the key moments from the game last night, Mark. We start off, of course, um, Ryan Innes's uh, first half and the, the, the first half strikes to, to make Charlton and give them the, the one nil advantage. Seventeen minutes in, the corner came in, header um, really straight into the floor. Uh, Griffiths, I'd say straight at him, maybe a bit harsh. It, it was direct in the centre of the goal, wasn't to his left or his right. It did go underneath him. Do you feel maybe the goalkeeper, Josh Griffiths, who has been under a lot of pressure in recent weeks from Pompey fans on social media, do you think he could have done better with that one? If we're looking at League One goalkeepers, I think he's uh, the second best one we've had. Mm-hmm. I think that it's difficult being in the shadow of Bazunu. He went on to make amends for it. He made a couple of worldies later on. Yeah. So and and he's a young player and 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 that's why and, and that's one of the things that the Cowley's very good at. The teachers they come here, they progress, and I think that's why we're going to get great loans. So I'm I'm not going to criticise him um, too much for that. He knows he made a, a little bit of a he made a. He, it was within his ability to save that, I think. Yeah. He's a better keeper than that. Uh, so I feel for him a little. I'm not going to go hard on him for that. Uh, Ewan O'Connell, the goal scorer for the third goal, Freddie, just moments after uh, Ryan Innes had taken lead for Charlton, um, hacked Dane Scarlett in the uh, in the penalty area. Pompey fans appealing for a penalty. Um, wasn't given by the referee or the linesman, didn't flag it either, and play was allowed to continue. What are your thoughts on that one? Because there are certainly a few angles to take it um, to, to really take this one because first of all you've got the fact that Dane Scarlett was in an offside position anyway yeah um, uh, from watching the game I didn't think it was enough for a penalty I think looking at the referee's decisions beforehand it was sort of it was the sort of thing where, which I didn't think he would give so I didn't really look at it as like a major a major issue but um, I could sense that Bishop and Scarlett were both roughed up by the defence I think when they were when they were trying to knock down those long kick, kicks from Griffiths and elsewhere they had to deal with the centre halves a lot in that regard because they were quite isolated out there so it showed another tactical problem for Pompey in this game but I don't think that instance is something we need to focus on entirely no. I, I don't think it was a bad decision by the referee really you, you, not, you had an agreement Mark and, and definitely really, really you know, talking about what, what Freddie's saying there it's not a decision but was it necessarily going to change the game? Pompey were poor throughout, and, and certainly the, the tactical setup and the, 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 the starting lineup of the game. We, we'll come on to talk about that in the next part of the show. So, not saying necessarily a penalty would have really given Pompey too much of a hand in that game because of how poor the match was from start to finish. Anyway, but I do disagree. I think it was a penalty. Um, yeah. Yes, Dane Scarlett was in an offside position, but 
the linesman didn't flag it. We don't have VAR in League One, so we're going off the assumption that the referee and the linesman are, are continuing the play and they, they don't see the offside. I think Ewan O'Connell was completely hacked down Dane Scarlett pulling his shirt. I think any sort of pull in the box and a striker is entitled to go down. Do you think maybe the the hesitancy, maybe the reluctancy from Dane Scarlett to actually go down and, and appeal it as much as not not cost Pompey, but maybe had an effect on the on the referee's t- decision? As Freddie said, it's not the most clear-cut penalty, but I think we're entitled to one there. Yeah, I, th- I think it clearly is, and, and and that's but that's one of the things we like about Scarlett. Isn't it? He's young, he's honest, he thinks he can mm. he can uh, overcome all of those things, and then, and then you've got what was essentially a professional foul stopping him from getting in. And it would have changed things, probably. But and I, I like the fact that uh, the Cowleys said they're not taking any excuses at all. They're not going to blame the official. But I was nodding before because absolutely nailed um, nailed the whole problem for me, uh, Freddie. Just there, he said it was about it was tactically we got beaten, and and at the back in particular, you saw. Charlton going two on on Owen Dale, who's been fantastic for us and has, has, has created all sorts of problems. That initial opportunity you mentioned was, was a really deep cross. It came from from you know not far in front of the halfway line, from what yeah. I remember. And Bishop obviously managed to make the most of it and and forced a, a great save from for the Charlton keeper. And but we didn't we didn't make a lot, and we were and they didn't let us advance down the flanks very much, which is often where where we create create problems. I think tactically and defensively they were far better. Yeah, thank you, Mark. Thank you, Freddie. We'll be back with those guys in just a few moments' time. Muckers on Twitter. Uh, all three of you are talking a great deal of sense. Don't tell those lads about Rafty and Lowry are badly missed. So is Louis Thompson, a terrific player who bolsters for midfield. The right back situation must be rectified on Saturday. Thank you, Muckers on Twitter. We'll come on to talk about all of those talking points in the next part of the show. Eight one four hundred is our text number here at Express FM. Do start your messages with the word Express and tag your name at the end as well. Sport at expressfm.com is our email address. You can find us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live, or tweet us at ExpressFM on Twitter. The three of us here are off for a very, very quick break now, but when we come back, we'll continue to pick apart last night's defeat and hear the post-match thoughts of the Blues head coach too. To go away, we have to look at ourselves, staff, players, come up short tonight. We let a lot of people down. There's 2,000 Portsmouth supporters who worked all day, find their way through the London traffic to get here and to support the boys, all the ones at home. We have to suffer this evening because um, you know we let them down and as well as that, we let ourselves down. Be sure to stick around to hear that interview with Danny Carley as well as more from myself, Mark and Freddie when the football hour returns in just a few moments time this is the football hour 93.7 express fm whether you're out with your mates catching the latest blockbuster or just enjoying late night bus rides from 7 p.m every day you can take advantage of a night rider ticket taking you from a to b and everywhere in between simply purchase your night rider ticket on the bus or using the stagecoach app to get unlimited travel anywhere on the whole of the Stagecoach South for just £2.50. The world is your oyster. Visit stagecoachbus.com for timetable and ticket information. This is the Football Hour 93.7. Express FM. Welcome back to the show. You join us here for part two of tonight's edition of the Football Hour, supported by Stagecoach South. Download the app today to track your next bus and even prepay for your ticket too, with Portsmouth Day Riders just £4.50. Mark Coates from the Pompey Audio Description Service, as well as Freddie Webb from the Portsmouth News, join me tonight to analyse yesterday's 3 0 defeat to Charlton Athletic. And later on, we'll come on to talk about the FA Cup first round draw and the potential of the scrapping of the Saturday 3 pm 
broadcast blackout. That's all to come in part three in around about 20 minutes' time. But we'll continue now to talk about yesterday's 3 0 defeat to Charlton. We'll move on now uh, to goal number two, which happened in the 31st minute. Um, Blackett Taylor with the goal caught out um, the Pompey defence, really ran through from that midfield mark. Uh, disappointing one to concede. Blackett Taylor had all the time and space in the world. Connor Ogilvie unfortunately caught out of position in that right-back area and Blackett Taylor was allowed to advance one-on-one with Josh Griffiths who came out did all he could uh, to try and close try and close the player down but unfortunately had the ball slotted underneath him uh, and doubled Charlton's advantage yes very disappointing is there one sole player you can pin the blame of that goal down to or is it collected team effort for that one um, I think it's <laughs> I must admit, the third one's the worst for me. We'll come on yeah. to that shortly, I'm sure. But, um, uh, but again, it was a lot of space, and it, they just see again. We come back to that tactical defensive uh, setup, and it just it doesn't work. It. I don't know why it doesn't work because we've got Morrison, we've got Raggett in the middle who I think are fantastic players. They started the season strong. I thought, you know, this is it. What a great defence. And by not having Rafferty there, it's almost, it's almost as if there's, there's a missing ingredient, isn't it? And, and, and Connor was doing great at left back and he was linking up uh, lovely with Curtis at the end of last season and, and, and he, his link up plays great and he gets forward. He's not quite the same player on the right and, uh, and, and it comes back to Rafferty who I thought was going to be in the squad. They said Lowry yeah. and uh, Rafferty were going to be there. It's, and it's little things, isn't it? We all know that it's inches at this level uh, and, uh, and and it just so happens that Rafferty was a missing link and, and who knew that we'd miss him this much and it's certainly something we've been talking about on the footblower for the last week or two perhaps even a little bit longer Freddie but the absence of Joe Rafferty and, and the kind of impact that is having to, to this Pompey side we know that he is a big miss we know that as soon as he's back fit he slots straight back into that right back position but last week last Monday last Friday as well we were talking about the potential to perhaps move Conor Rogovi out of that right back position either drop him to the bench or move him back to left back and switch Clark Robertson into a different position or maybe move him to the bench and bring either Zach Swanson or Kieran Freeman to that right back position. Something many fans on social media and for guests we've had on the show have been crying out for for, for at least a week now. Um, but Danny Cowley persisted with Conor Rogovi in the right back position yesterday. Is that something that you believe Danny Cowley has made a mistake with and you'd like to see rectified for Saturday? I think so, yeah. Um, even though Conor Ogilvy started off okay at right back, I think it's quite clear that um, from going forward for him, whether he's whether he's overlapping or playing the ball forwards, I think he, he's uncomfortable on that side. Um, defensively, he put in some reasonable interceptions. Um, for the second goal, I wouldn't put the entire blame on the, on the defence because it was just Karama's side foot from forward mm. that basically yeah. kept the ball up in midfield. He ignored a great run from Dane Scarlett, who literally beelined in between the Charlton fullback and centre half, tried to play it into the middle and got caught. I think uh, it was obvious that Kelly got it wrong, and he made, he made the subs at half time to change it with uh, Swanson coming on, and then Ogilvy going to left back, which improved things. Yeah. And I think he'll do that in in the game against Forest Green as well. But uh, yeah, personally for me, if Rafferty's fit, he has to start at right back. And then you move Ogilvy to left back, and unfortunately Robertson has to be benched. Mm. I've always seen Robertson as a centre half who can play left back. I don't think he's a natural there, so I think I think that will shore up the, the defence this Saturday if uh, Rafferty's fit. 
Yeah, and it was a pleasure um, last week, Freddie. You invited me on to the PO forecast to talk about similar issues before the Charlton game, and one of the subjects that we, we spoke about was the potential of a formation change in regards to the Colorado situation and the Clark Robertson. Where does he fit into the side in the absence of Joe Rafferty and, and Zach Swanson and Kieran Freeman? And we're like you mentioned there, bring Colorado back to left back, move Robertson onto the bench, and bring in an actual right back in that position. Fans have been asking. Again, not all. Some uh, some are asking. Some aren't. Everyone's entitled to their opinion. But do you think that it is too early to call for a formation switch at this stage? Do you think the problems are solely rooted to the right-back situation? Or do you think that maybe it is time to switch things up a little bit in terms of creativity, creativity and going forward? Now, four games without a win, is it solely that to blame? Or, or maybe are we in line for a formation change-up at some point? Yeah, two points for a possible 12 isn't great. But I think... Currently, if it was me, I would still stick with the 4 4 2 because beforehand we were creating a lot of chances for it and our expected goals was high. Um, but before that, I think the main issue is um, two things. One, the squad deck thinning out because of the massive amount of injuries. And also, I think it was just down to team selection and individual errors in this game. I think that's the main reason why we didn't create anything. If we had fullbacks who were more positive and wanted to overlap a bit more I think that would have helped the wingers and forwards an awful lot because they were isolated a lot of times um, and Ports have played very narrow against Charlton mainly because of the lack of width the wingers were cutting inside and it was easy for Charlton to control the game from the middle throttle Pompey a lot and then play the ball out wide on the counter attack to players like Corey Blackett-Taylor who had an excellent game, Liam Kirk had a good game as well uh, Charlie Kirk, excuse me, Liam, Liam Kirk's a nice <laughs> player, but yeah, I think I think there are more issues that aren't to do with the formation change yeah. yet, and I think changing to a three at the back, I'm not sure who would play wing back. Would you pick your wingers to play wing back, or would you pick your fullbacks to play wing back? I think yeah. that's the, the main difficulty for me of why I would be hesitant to changing it so far. Fair enough. Uh, Pompey lined up, of course, last night. Josh Griffiths in goal, Conor Ogilvy, uh, Michael Morrison, Sean Raggett and Clark Robertson with Owen Dale, Joe Morrell, Marlon Pack and Josh Caroma in midfield with Dane Scarlett and Colby Bishop in attack. Coming on of subs, uh, Zach Swanson for Michael Morrison, uh, Jay Mingi coming on for Owen Dale. Uh, Michael Jacobs initially came on at the half-time break for Josh Caroma. He had to be substituted off 15 minutes later uh, due to an injury, we believe, a hamstring concern for Michael Jacobs Ronan Curtis coming on in his place just after the 60 minute mark and then moments later Rico Hackett on for Dane Scarlett let's talk about that Michael Jacobs injury Mark um, at a time where Pompey and Danny Carley really don't need injuries Joe Rafferty uh, Tom Lowry Lou, uh, Louis Thompson of course to name but a few Michael Jacobs potentially to add to that list um, hamstring not something you can run off hopefully it's just one of those things where give it a few days he'll recover and he'll be back fit and firing for Forest Green on Saturday but if the extent of that is a lot worse than we fear then that adds even more of a headache to Danny Carley than he's got at the moment yeah and it, it, I think we need to look at Jacobs and, and not think oh he doesn't, doesn't start in the first 11 very often because I think he should I think he's a great player he thinks he should that's yeah. for sure he fights for that place when he comes on we always wonder why he hasn't been played more and uh, and he's one of those players you look at on the bench you go good grief he's a, he's a starter look at the strength and depth we've got and suddenly like that exactly as Freddie said we've got all these injuries and that, that depth's gone and I think a lot of fans are looking at January and thinking it has to be better than the last mm. few years it's 
got to be a great window uh, and, and they've got to free up all the funds they possibly can at the Eisners to help him out because we're, we're still in a, in a decent position. Yeah. And, and off the back of that as well, Freddie Mark mentioned there the January transfer window uh, just over a month and a half, or just over two months away now, the January transfer window um, and, and the potential and the need to, to bolster this team, yes with the injuries we've got um, you, you could rightfully and fairly say that we had a very good summer transfer window I think a lot of fans were very impressed with the signings that were made, uh, a lot more money spent this season compared to previous campaigns certainly um, but do you think the, the January transfer window there is need despite the depth that Pompey have got it, it clearly is playing catch up with them at the moment, do you think there is need to, to continue adding to that without having departures to free up the wage bill I think potentially, I think um, departures probably will have to happen, to be honest. There are some players in this squad who, if you look at them, you think they seem to be spare parts. Um, Kieran Freeman, for example, um, he, he's probably a bit aggrieved that Zach Swanson was ahead of him for the right-back spot in the last game. Ryan Tunnicliffe as well. Yes, I know the centre-field depth is waning due to a lot of injuries, but if everybody's fully fit, then he's nowhere near it. Jay Mingy, who actually had a fairly positive performance against Charles mm. actually won yeah. a few um, I, to be honest I expect him to start against Forrest Green with him and Morell to be honest ahead of Tunnicliffe so those two maybe Denver Hume at le left back because whenever I've seen him um, play at win back he's been positive but I don't think he's defensively strong enough to play left back in a back four I think that it's the opposite of what our other full backs have so maybe if you're looking at it possibly some role players um, at the left-back spot, potentially at the right-back spot as well. Maybe, maybe another winger, because really the, the squad's quite large and it seems to only bring about a lot of problems because of the amount of injuries we've had. So uh, I, I think it will be a summer to try and find some value out there in the transfer market. I think there are some areas that Pompey can get this squad a little bit better um, for the rest of the season. Yeah. Uh, some tweets and an email coming in now. Dave Clark on Twitter. Pack and Morell of the League One Lampard and Gerrard. Both excellent players, but a dismal combination. Uh, JR on Twitter as well. For all involved, Sky Sports, please don't put us on TV ever again. Cheers. And uh, Joel also on Twitter. On the bright side, Mingi and Swanson uh, were great since coming off the bench. Thank you, Joel, for that comment as well. And uh, Linda Mail on the emails. What could have gone wrong last night did. Now we will be without Marlon Pack. We need to get back on track with a win at Forest Green on Saturday. Play up Pompey. Thank you, Linda Mail, and all of the tweeters there for getting in touch with the show this evening. We'll hear the more thoughts from both Mark Coates and Freddie Webb in just a few moments' time. We'll come and talk about the red card given to Marlon Pack too. But first, the post-match thoughts of Blues head coach Danny Cowley. Well, Danny, a disappointing 3-0 defeat. How do you assess it? Yeah, tough night for us. Um, everything that could go wrong did go wrong. I think yeah, to, to lose three nils, to, to lose a player with a red card and, and three injuries as well means that yeah, it's been a tough night. Two of the goals came from set pieces. How frustrating is that? Yeah, well, I've, listen, I thought for the first 15 minutes we had a good place in the game. Um, as, the, as the away team, I thought we controlled uh, the opening exchanges and then from nowhere we just conceded a really poor goal. We conceded one against Fleetwood, we conceded one tonight. And then, you know, for us, we're a big team. Um, we don't expect to concede goals in, in that moment. It's something that we work hard on, that we, we, we do a lot of organisation. And, yeah, we um, it was a good delivery by them, but we lose our man and um, and we, we, we go 1-0 down. And then then our response wasn't good enough from there on in. I thought um, 
conceded a poor second goal, lost the ball on, on our counter-attack. Um, they turned it over and then um, yeah, drove, drove through the middle of us and, 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 scored, uh, and scored and now we're 2-0 down. Um, and then you're chasing the game against a very athletic team. I thought we came out second half and did better and got a place in the game. We felt that if we could 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 find find the first goal, then we'd be able to find a second. Um, and then, yeah, Marlon gets sent off and um, they score from the resulting free kick, which is just unacceptable for us. We've got more character and more personality than that. In those moments of adversity, when you just go down to 10, you've got to dig deep and you've got you got to stick stick in there and, and and fight through it. And to concede straight after was... Um, yeah, it was really disappointing. And, and listen, we have to um, to go away. We have to look at ourselves, staff, players. Come up short tonight. We let a lot of people down. There's 2,000 Portsmouth supporters that worked all day, find their way through the London traffic to get here and to support the boys, all the ones at home. We have to suffer this evening because um, you know we let them down, and as well as that, we let ourselves down. That's um, that's 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 always tough to take. Can you shed any light on the injuries that were sustained tonight? It must have been a real disappointment to see Michael Jacobs come off after 15 minutes as well. Yeah, yeah, he came off with a with, with a hamstring. Um, I don't know what to say to be honest with that, um, but that was frustrating because I actually thought he he came on and had a real impact. Um, Marlon's got a hamstring as well, and and yeah, I think Rico's taken a really heavy one on his knee. So um, a tough night for us. Jay Mingi came on in the second half and looked a bright spark. How pleased were you with his performance despite the result? Yeah, listen, I just said to him in there, I thought he was the only one who'd come out with any credit. I thought he came on and, and played with an athleticism and a power. And, uh, yeah, he, he did well. As you said, over 2,000 Pompey fans in the away and How good was their support tonight? Yeah, listen, we, we let them down this evening. Uh, for me, that, that hurts because I know how much this club means to them and I know how hard they work to be able to get to games like this and support their team and no doubt they were looking forward to this game all weekend. Um, yeah, we, we, come up, we come up really disappointingly short tonight. I thought it was a lot of poor individual performances. I thought when the goals were scored, our response wasn't good enough and to pick the team that we did and to concede two goals from, from set pieces is, is tough to take and we all have to um, go away and reflect on it. There we go, then the post-match thoughts of a very despondent Danny Carley from last night's 3-0 defeat to Charlton Athletics. 66 minutes into the game, Mark uh, Marlon Pack sent off for his second bookable offence. Pompey have got it down um, as a second yellow card, as does Sky Sports. Um, despite what Andy Moon said in the commentary, it looked like a straight red. I think a yellow card was shown. So, first of all, fortunate for Pompey that he only misses one game, not three. Yeah, yeah, you could say that. I, I mean, I'd... Rather than talking about the uh, the card, which I think we all agree with that second one, it was a late tackle. Freddie's always yeah. already touched on that, and I think we have to look at Marlon Pack as a frustrated figure in the centre of the park, not because yeah. he wasn't finding feet, but because I think often those runs weren't made, and you wonder if Cromer had actually, if it'd been Pack instead of Cromer, he might have released that ball just before that second goal, and yeah. and maybe Scarlett would have found his way in, you know, right person in the right place at the right time. But um, I, I don't think um, he wasn't on his metal. Um, Marlon Pat, but I don't think the players around him were actually reading his game, which is a step above your average League One player. Uh, and, and he was full of frustration. I think that's what led to it as much as anything. Yeah. And just uh, just over a minute later, Mark, even more frustration and a, an unacceptable goal to concede, um, whether you're 2-0 down or whether the game's 0-0. Um, you and O'Connell 
bag in the third goal for Charlton, just in plenty of space. And where's the defence? Oh, you, you know I wanted to talk about this one more than yeah. the other. I just think this is the most disgraceful of the lot. And I agree that they came out, some changes were made, they did improve a little bit. But the space he's got, and, and O'Connell's not a tall player. I know he's a defender at the back. He, what is he? He can't be more than uh, 5'10", 5'11", something like that. I think you beat him in the air, Jake. He's, 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 and, and he almost stoops <laughs> to make that header. And, and he's, got, he's got acres around him. And you think about the guys that are in there, especially Sean Raggett. I mean, he's, uh, he's stooping as well, I think, at that point. I just don't, I don't understand what went wrong at the, at the back there. For, for him to ghost in, um, I think morale on that pitch at that time was poor. But that's no excuse. No. That, that was a horrendous goal to concede. Can't happen again. No. And there's some tweets in Luke Ellis. Until we stop this Ogilvy at right-back experiment, we're not going to do anything. It is killing us. Dale having to play a central midfielder just to try and get the ball. Uh, front two getting no service. So non-existent. Be lucky if uh, if we weren't 3-0 down at half-time. James Powers, Cowley's persistence of Ogilvy at right-back has got to the point that it is, it, it is an unacceptable managerial error. Dale is so isolated and it's such a waste of Ogilvy's talents. Even more a reflection upon Conor Ogilvy starting at right-back, which I believe many are not paying down to Conor Ogilvy, but the selection um, of him at that position. Joff, uh, Mingi, the only positive from yesterday evening. Griffiths should not be a scapegoat. We've looked devoid of final third quality in the last few games. Something needs to change. We don't have the midfielders to play 4-3-3, so a 3-4-1-2 would work well, according to Joff on Twitter. OK, then, 81400 is our text number here at ExpressFM. Be sure to include Express at the start of your messages and, of course, your name at the end if you'd like to have your say on the show this evening. Otherwise, you can email sport at expressfm.com. Include at ExpressFM within your tweets or find us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live. You have just under 20 minutes to get your final thoughts into the panel here on the Football Hour, which will be back with you in just a moment. So stay tuned and don't go anywhere. This is the Football Hour 93.7 Express FM. The new Stagecoach Flexi 5, a bus ticket that works when you do. For those who travel often, but not every day. These new flexible bus tickets are available as Flexi 5. Bundles of five day riders for the price of four. And Flexi 10, bundles of 10 day riders for the price of seven. Flexi tickets are now available to download via the Stagecoach bus app. Download Flexi 5 or Flexi 10 from Apple App Store or Google Play today. For more information, visit stagecoachbus.com. This is the Football Hour 93.7 Express FM. Welcome along for the final time tonight. It's the Football Hour here on Express FM, brought to you by Stagecoach across the South. You can either download their app from either the Apple app or Google Play Store or visit their website for more information, stagecoachbus.com. Dot com is where to find them. OK, myself, Jake Smith, Mark Coates and Freddie Webb are here tonight to talk all things Pompey. And so far in the last 40 minutes or so, we've already picked apart yesterday's 3-0 defeat to Charlton Athletic. We've heard the post-match thoughts of Danny Cowley and we've also had a reaction from you guys back home tuning in too. But we're going to leave it there. There's no point dwelling on a defeat even more. It's fair. We're in October. We're still in the playoff places. We've still got 30-odd games to go. Keep the faith 
as Roger and Gospel would say. <laughs> uh, let's move on then, uh, Thready, and let's talk about the uh, FA Cup first round draw. That took place shortly before kickoff last night, and the Blues were drawn against Hereford. Uh, that is away from home. The tie will be played between Friday the 4th and Monday the 7th of November. So that's Hereford FC, not Hereford United, the team that were dissolved um, earlier uh, in the, I would say this decade, we're 2022 now, uh, earlier in the 2010s, if you can call it that, uh, now uh, brought back as Hereford FC as a Phoenix club. Um, that is where Pompey will go, hopefully, on Saturday the 5th, unless uh, one of the broadcasters pick it up for TV selection on either Friday, Sunday or Monday. But Freddie, Pompey away at Hereford. It's technically a new club for the Blues and essentially one of the uh, one new ground for for most Pompey fans to go to. Are you excited with that one? Yeah, very interesting game. Um, I, I, if I can, I'd want to go to that game. But I've never been to watch Hereford before. Um, and yeah, for for some reason, it's bugging me that I think that they're going to put that on TV. Um, I know that, that that's the curse of Pompey on TV continues if that happens, but. Yeah, it seems like the sort of game that TV would love. Um, Phoenix Club rising from the ashes. That that type of thing. Mm. Football League Club are not the ground. But yeah, very interesting draw. And uh, yeah, hopefully Portsmouth can progress through that while playing, playing some of their youngsters as well to get some minutes. Yeah. And as uh, as Freddie's right, rightfully alluded to there, Mark... It is a tasty game, not just as a Pompey fan, but I think as a neutral, as Freddie mentioned, you've got a Phoenix club rising from the ashes, a former Football League team, Pompey, former FA Cup winners 14 years ago. It is the kind of tie you probably would put on TV. Um, hopefully for the fans' sake, um, it's not going to be a Friday night or a Monday night at least. If we're going to move it to TV, please let it be at least a Sunday, um, a daytime game. We'd rather it be a Saturday 3 o'clock kickoff, of course, but... It's got the potential and all the ingredients, Mark, of, of, of being moved to TV. Yeah, let it be on TV. It's Hereford. Oh, it, no, it's Hereford's no. day. It's Hereford's day, and they've, they're going to be loving. They've been jumping up and down um, oh. watching that draw. Um, we, and, and we've got to be professional and go there because, like a lot of these other matches, it's got potential banana skin, and we have to respect them and play mm. a strong side. Mm. And that's um, frustrating, but it's professional, and that's what we've got to do. But it's their day. Do you know what I mean? It's their mm. day. We've got to be big enough to say that. No one cares about their day. Mark. <laughs> it's all about Pompey. <laughs> Let's ruin it. Can smash them twelve nil. <laughs> so of course, Pompey not actually played against Hereford FC, but we have. I've met uh, with Hereford United on 10 separate occasions previously, uh, winning seven of those games, drawing two and losing just one. That defeat was a 3-2 defeat in the League Cup at Edgar Street, where Hereford FC still play. They've retained that stadium from the old club, which was dissolved, I believe, back in 2013. Hereford United, now Hereford FC. That 3-2 defeat in August 1983. That was also the last time Pompey made the trip to Edgar Street. So what's that? 41 years ago? My math serves me correctly. Long, long time ago for Pompey. Um, if you were at the game, if you remember that match, do get in touch. I'd love to hear from you. Uh, the last time Pompey actually played Hereford was at Fratton Park. A 4-1 victory for the Blues in the League Cup in August 2009. The last league meeting between the two teams in League Division 4. 0-0 draw at Fratton Park in April 1980. 
So you could say a lot of history between the two teams, but not in any recent memory. Pompey and Hereford, to get to this position of the competition, Hereford had to go through three qualifying stages. Of course, they are now a non-league side. They beat Bromsgrove Sporting by a goal to nil on home turf. They then had away trips to Free Bridges FC, where they won 3-0, and a trip to National League side Bromley, who they upset, winning by two goals to one. So Pompey against Hereford in the FA Cup first round on hopefully Saturday the 5th of November but it will be between the 4th and the 7th as soon as broadcasters decide who they want to put on TV moving on now and the Saturday 3 o'clock um, broadcast blackout um, Freddie it's something that's been in place for a long long time now um, and that was to protect the financial stability of football clubs up and down the country throughout the world as well there is a UEFA ruling uh, that at some stage throughout the weekend uh, in each of their respective countries that UEFA overrule there has to be some sort of blackout it is currently in England between 2.45 and 5.15 but the EFL in recent weeks have decided that they will be putting it to a vote and trying to decide whether or not they should scrap it Freddie in your opinion what does that do to English football when teams in the lower lower echelons of the footballing pyramid I was hoping to research a bit more for the podcast later this week but on paper it could do one of two things it could either bring in more money into the football league which will then be distributed um in the throughout the clubs and solidarity payments if for example they get a massive tv deal or it could do the exact opposite and increase the gap that i think and uh, we're seeing at the moment between the haves and the have-nots in terms of football clubs if for example it allows individual clubs to stream, um, let's say Pompeo streaming a home game against Accrington, for example. Currently, the away team doesn't get any of that streaming money. Yeah. It's, it's the exact opposite of, for example, Accrington getting some of the gate money, Portsmouth as well. So there's that issue. And yeah, I just, it might be because I haven't researched it, but it just feels a bit worrying that they're taking the blackout away. Yeah. Um, I do think that smaller clubs will be impacted by this yeah. a lot, I think. It is not set in stone yet, of course. This is just a proposal from the EFL who are considering scrapping the blackout from maybe the start of the 2024-25 season. The three o'clock blackout, which has been in place actually since the 1960s, stops matches from UK and around the world from being shown between 2.45 and 5.15 on a Saturday. And as Freddie mentioned there, it's in order to protect not only the financial infrastructure of football clubs, but also the attendances of games and the gates uh, that are coming in um, on matches on a Saturday. Um, in UEFA countries, Article 48 says that on Saturday or Sunday, there must be a window where no live football can be shown uh, on TV. Um, according to um, some sources, the EFL have claimed an invitation to tender will be sent out soon, with the EFL targeting new media outlets such as Google, Amazon, Netflix, Facebook and Apple, as well as traditional domestic rights holders Sky Sports and BT Sport. Mark, really just the same question, just reflecting upon all the, all the sorts of information we've been given there. Hopefully it's not going to happen. We have seen proposals similar and, and, and really silly ideas proposed by not only the EFL, but the FA, the Premier League in recent years, the Super League as well, of course, by UEFA, and the, the big teams um, across Europe. Hopefully this won't be put in place, but let's say hypothetically it does. It, it is a threat for English football and the, the attendances of these smaller clubs who potentially won't receive the same gates as they have been for the last 50, 60 years. 
I'm not so sure. I look at the Charlton game and I think, um, you know, we took a lot of people up there on a Monday night all the way into London when it was on telly. And I think that those games, um, you won't see, a, I, won't, I don't think you'll see the, the attendance clipped uh, at league games, especially for something like, you know, especially for Pompey, who's such a huge following. But I do think that the early FA Cup games, I think that um, certainly the EFL trophy, you're going to have to start giving a lot and if you want any sort of atmosphere you're going to have to start giving a lot of tickets away to schools and things like that to fill those that, to even to half fill those stadiums for those uh, those smaller gates I think that's where we'll really feel it yeah uh, moving on now uh, let's talk about some managerial changes uh, in League One Pompey's division of course there's been plenty in the championship the merry-go-round for the season is in full swing um, Plymouth manager Stephen Schumacher has been linked and rumoured with a move away from uh, home park potentially West Bromwich Albion one of the potential suitors he's been highly ranked after what has been an incredible season or two for him uh, down in Devon uh, Derby County recently sat Liam Rossinia and they've replaced him with Paul Warner so some managerial changes regarding Pompey's um, opponents in League One and essentially promotion rivals too Freddie we'll talk about um, Stephen Schumacher at Plymouth because Derby sacking Liam Rossinia at the time they were just a point off the playoffs just what nine games into the season it's bizarre yes they've replaced him with Paul Warren who's got a record of getting out of this division but you feel harsh for, uh, for Liam Rossinia but with Plymouth Argyle top of the table flying high that could only serve as a boost for the clubs chasing them if Stephen Schumacher does depart surely yeah well it definitely does because I think from what we've seen so far I think Stephen Schumacher seems to be an excellent manager not just with his record this season but last Plymouth went on a massive resurgence at the back end of last season and were quite unlucky to not finish in the playoffs after a rough start and I think if you take the Portsmouth game, Portsmouth game as an example he's, he's very adaptive tactically he seems to bring on the right players because Pompey were cruising at one point in that game and then the tactical switches formationally and bringing players on um, lent it to be a draw so uh, obviously if he decides to leave for West Brom I think it would be a major benefit um, for the other teams because, well, you want, you want clubs to be stable and a big part of that is the same manager, the same tactics, a lack of injuries. Yeah. So, yeah, um, it will be quite interesting to see how Plymouth will adapt to that if that managerial change happens. Mm. And in regards to managerial changes, there have been rumours, and I must stress this uh, quite clearly, Mark, rumours um, from, from betting companies and, and sources up and down the country um, that, you know, that Danny Cowley himself is on, is on the potential uh, target list for, for championship clubs and League One teams alike for now that we've got this managerial go, uh, merry-go-round and full swing, Danny Cowley with a record he's got with Lincoln City of course that brief move to Huddersfield as well um, the, the job he's doing at Pompey he's going to have um, clubs sniffing for him um, regardless of that, do you think that Danny Carley and what we've seen from him over the last 18 months or so here at Pompey, do you think that he's actually you know, committed to the cause? You can't see Danny Carley actually leaving to go to one of these bigger clubs, surely. He, he comes across to me, at least, as the kind of manager, the kind of, the kind of guy that actually wants to stick to this and continue what he started yeah. as opposed to going for the big money. Totally agree, totally agree. I think it would have to be a massive offer from a huge club yeah. and I think probably more likely Premiership than no yeah. Championship. It'd have would, to be Liverpool, wouldn't it? it? As it Paul Cook have, said. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it would have to be. Uh, yeah, but uh, but I think that he's a little bit... Uh, um, I think he's a little bit more honest than that yeah. <laughs> without them um, being disparaging to Paul Cook. And and I do think they love that, that length, that they want a relationship with the fans. He's got, he works so hard to get that um, and they are 
I think, enjoying their time on the South Coast. He was absolutely gutted with Monday night's performance. He knows he got it a bit wrong, as did the players. Um, and I think we're going to see a response. And I think we'll win the, the remaining three games in, in October. I'm, I'm, I'm putting that out there now. And I'm, I'm absolutely certain he's not going anywhere at all unless it's a massive offer for him and his team. I must stress enough. Danny Cowley's not going anywhere. We don't know anything. <laughs> it is purely because the managerial swing that is going around now in the Football League is going to kick off at some point. Um, he is, of course, on the list for some of them, according to the bookies, because he's doing a relatively good job at Pompey and trying to get them out of the league. While the top League One manager is always going to have championship teams and League One teams circling them, that is just part and parcel of the game. But Danny Carley touch wood <laughs> he's yeah. going nowhere um, Mike T and Crispy Bacon Sally South Sea good evening to you uh, good evening Jake away and lads uh, Mike T says on the text Hereford away Pompey will enjoy it a new ground for our visiting fans I wonder what the food is like there Herefordshire beef burgers may be Mike T in South Sea thank you very much for your text I know one fan who will be very happy with that draw that is Mockers on Twitter of course, comes to home games from around about that area as well. That will essentially feel like a home game to you, Mockers. I hope you're very happy for that one. I know that a lot of Pompey fans out there are very pleased with that draw. Thank you to Mike T in Crispy Bacon, Sarney South for getting in touch with the show this evening. OK, we're just about coming up to the conclusion of tonight's show. Thank you very much to everyone who tuned in to this evening's instalment of the Footblower. I must say goodbye now to Mark Coates. Mark, thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure. Forest Green on Saturday. I'm going to ask you for one while you're here. Score prediction. Well, they've done everything at home, haven't they? But largely their home form's been reasonable, mm. Forest Green. I think everyone's going to enjoy their two-and-a-half-hour trip up there for their carbon-neutral vegan pasty. <laughs> uh, and Dale Vince is obviously going to throw a bit of spice in there as well. It's going to be a great game, great atmosphere. I think we're going to win 3-1. 3-1 Pompey. Thank you very much, Mark. Uh, Freddie Webb, very quickly, got about 10 seconds. A score prediction, please, Forest Green Rovers. Uh, 2-1 Pompey, Colby Bishop with both goals. Oh, we'd love Colby Bishop to get back on the score sheet, wouldn't we? Freddie Webb from the Portsmouth News, thank you very much. Have a great week, my friend. Always a pleasure, Jake. Thanks for having me on. OK, so there we have it. Another edition of the Football Hour comes to a close. The curtain's shut until Friday night. But Saturday, Pompey's next game, the league action, back again. Forest Green Rovers away. Do join us. Unmissable action. This is Pompey Live. Pompey lost 3-0 last time out in front of the Sky cameras. The lovely delivery, great chance, so easy. 3-0 Charlton and Pompey have changed the defence around. It's not made any difference. Can they pick up form on Saturday? Pompey's trip to Forest Green Rovers will be live on Express FM with all of the coverage on Pompey Live from 2pm on Saturday. Pompey Live on Express FM with Aquacars. There we go. Thank you very much, Tom, for that. Pompey Live, of course, back this Saturday from 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock kickoff at the New Lawn. Pompey taking on Forest Green Rovers, looking to get back to winning ways in the league after four matches on the trot without securing all three points. I will be returning to Pompey Live this weekend. I'm very much looking forward to it. Myself, Robbie James and Pompey Women's Manager Jay Sadler will be live from the New Lawn to bring you all of the action with, of course, live commentary coming from Andy Moon and Guy Whittingham from B. BBC Radio Solent. OK, coming up here on Express FM this evening. It is a Tuesday, but it's very much feeling like a bit of a Monday. Because of the game last night, a lot of the shows had to move to this evening. The Soft Rock Show 
with Jeff and Ada's returning after news at 7. They'll be chatting to Glenn Tilbrook of Squeeze, but also have new music from Damn Truth and Rebecca Downs as well. That 80 show with Kevin Stokes will be returning between 9 and 11 tonight. And then tomorrow morning, of course, we've got Ian James with Express Breakfast between 6.30 and 10. Paul Marsh returns from 10 through till 1. And then Mason Jordan's back from 4 through till 6. Your next football fix tomorrow evening from 6 over the white line with Henry Deacon with all of the non-league and women's football from across the city as well. I'll be back on Friday night with two more Pompey fans to preview Pompey's next game. Until then, Blues fans, have a fantastic week. Stay safe and, of course, play up Pompey. Good night.